Whole Being, a podcast on wholeness with Ariane and Maximilian. Hi, everyone, and welcome. Hi, everyone. Welcome. How are you doing today, Ariane? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to interview our guest today, Max. How about you? Yeah, I'm super, super stoked. I know guest episodes are always something that our listeners are also looking forward to. So I'm really, really excited to have Monique here today. Yeah, take it away, Ariane. Yes. So our guest today, her name is Monique Sakan. And she is the founder of Care to Share. It's a nonprofit with a focus on mental health awareness. So we're so happy to have you here, Monique. How are you doing today? I'm well, thanks. And I'm really excited to be here as well to have some good chats. <laughs> awesome. That's the spirit. <laughs> yeah, we're going to chat, we're going to laugh, and there'll be some spontaneity. And um, we're very curious to also poke your heart and your brain regarding wholeness. So that's the theme of the podcast, right? So we're definitely going to be exploring that theme with you and your perspective on it. But before we do any of that, go ahead and share, share your journey with Care to Share, how it came about and your vision with it. For sure. So um, the interesting thing for me is that growing up, I never thought about mental health, I think ever. Like I, I don't even think I knew what the term meant in my life. I don't think I ever really, I definitely had people in my life um, who were struggling with their mental health and like myself included. And I, but I just never knew kind of like the terminology around it or what it meant or, you know, the importance of it or anything. Cause I think at that time it was just something that was so taboo. And, you know, we had very much this perspective of like, oh, if somebody has a mental illness, it's like definitely terrible. And like, you know, we just don't talk about those people. And portrayed in the media as being dangerous or being like just so hopeless and and lost that there's just no point in worrying about them or they're portrayed as like massively abusing substances or like it's a lifestyle choice not a health issue and I never even really thought about some of the more lifestyle behavior aspects of mental health like you know getting enough sleep and and making sure you're eating getting good nutrition and like exercising and how that has an impact your social connections you know whether whether the people that you're hanging out with are healthy for you or not you know just all of those different aspects that make up our mental health and our ability to be resilient they were just like not stuff that we talked about I don't know if it's the same for you guys but I graduated high school in 2014 and Around that time, things were starting to crop up for folks in my life, Um, like my friends and stuff were starting to kind of like feel the effects of anxiety for the first time, um, starting to become really aware that they were going through some challenges. And I had a friend actually attempt uh, suicide. So that was um, kind of a struggle. And I happened to be the first person that they called when they went through that experience and I still didn't really understand but it seemed like I kept getting pushed in the way of dealing with mental health related issues with other folks in my life and I just always happened to be the person that people kind of talked to about it or went to for it and I felt so helpless because I was like I don't know what you need I don't know what you're going through and I don't know how to help you and oftentimes when those people were experiencing what they were experiencing and they came to me after they were done experiencing it, they kind of like I kind of became a reminder of what they were going through. And so some of those relationships definitely struggled or um, were kind of just lost to like a negative having negative memories associated with their experience going through really, really hard mental health challenges. And so 
after I went to university, um, that was the first time that, and I, I, I studied health sciences. So of course, like, you know, here we are in an environment where like, there's lots of young people, like, you know, hundreds upon thousands of young people all going to school together. Um, and for the first time in my life, the university was like, Hey, like, here are some, here's some information about like how to protect your mental health. And here's some information about healthy eating and nutrition and, you know, getting the right amount of sleep getting the right amount of exercise, making sure that you balance your workload um, and that you have fun, but you don't overdo either thing, you know, just like maintaining that balance and and, and having a holistic perspective. Um, and I was like, whoa, what are we talking about? Like, this is so interesting. Like, I never even thought about this. I had no idea that any of this mattered. And um and then again, around that time, like a bunch of people in my life were going through struggles once again. And I was like, okay, now I actually have the terminology around it. And now I maybe do know how to help you. Now I know that there's like therapy and that you can go to a psychiatrist and that there are, you know, things like medication or things like, you know, psychotherapy and stuff like that. So like now I can actually help people and I want to get the word out there and I want people to know that mental health is really important um, whether you're struggling quite severely with something or whether you know you just had like a period of time in your life where you're going through grief or something like that and it's hard to take care of yourself because obviously like mental health and health in general is on a spectrum like some people are you know just happen to be naturally like healthier in some regards with um, certain things and then some people you know just the way that life goes have some more challenges with certain things and that's okay like we're all somewhere along a spectrum for everything and so like just accepting that um just because you're going through something doesn't mean that you're not like worthy or just because you're going through something doesn't mean that there's no way out of it and that you, there's no help for you and that like there's nothing that you can do yourself to feel autonomous and whole as a human being and that's kind of how care to share was born just out of my pure passion and concern for the people around me and as i started having conversations with uh, more and more people in this space, in the mental health space, I just found people who were like the same level of passionate as me. Like I found tons of people of all different ages, from all different backgrounds and all different experiences who were as passionate about making a difference and about getting the word out there. And so this was like 2015. And that's actually right around the time that organizations like Bell Let's Talk, even organizations like Canadian Mental Health Association, which had existed for years, they were just starting to get a lot of traction. 2015 was like a big year um, for mental health awareness and anti-stigma campaigning. And there was a number of programs created across um, Canada and the United States. Uh, there was a lot of um, changes happening in Europe as well with regard to just how we view mental health and how we were talking to youth about um, mental health issues. And so I kind of ended up being at the very beginning of that, um, that, that kind of big wave that we saw. And it was really exciting. There was a lot of momentum. Um, people still really didn't know what I was talking about. And so I decided to hold an event in Victoria, which is like where I grew up. Um, and I basically worked with an organization called Island Community Mental Health and they really supported me. They were like, oh my God, like nobody cares about this usually. Like we're so excited that a young person wants to make change. And I was able to get a group of my friends together who were interested in helping me. And I sort of just went from there and, and uh, collected a lot of community momentum. We had like so many different organizations in our community. And I'm so thankful to live in the community that I do because we're relatively... Um, understanding of uh, things like mental health and physical health and 
you know victoria and just bc as the province is a is a pretty like pro health focused province compared to other places in in the world so um yeah i had a huge amount of support and we had a great turnout and we had um quite a range of people who were experiencing different things like we had people who maybe they just had like you know like a bout of anxiety a couple years ago and then we also had people who have dealt with like pretty severe schizophrenia or psychosis um bipolar disorder uh and really everybody in between and we had um physicians like psychiatrists and general practitioners who have an interest in mental health and then also like researchers and people with lived experience um some folks who are street entrenched as well um and then like lots and lots of youth just out out there to support and and share their perspective and share their words and so um that's kind of how we how we started off was just being kind of like a melting pot for everybody to to talk openly with each other and to kind of break down those barriers between um oh like I'm more sick than you or like oh I I have this label and I don't like feel like I can do anything but take medication or I'm too scared to take medication even though it's something I really need um or like oh I just have to do whatever a psychiatrist tells me and I can't have like an open candid conversation with medical practitioners about what I want and like my autonomy as a patient or a client of their services and then also bringing in psychologists and psychotherapists and saying like hey here's an option like maybe you don't have to go all the way down you know the route of um medication like maybe you just need somebody to support you from psychotherapy perspective or maybe that doesn't work for you at all and it needs to be something else entirely so just really opening up those conversations and reminding people that like we're all in this together but everybody's experience is going to be really unique and not everything is going to work for everybody and just cultivating that self-awareness of like hey you know mental health isn't as simple as just okay I'm gonna take this like pill and it's gonna solve all my problems it it does require support from a family or friend group and it requires support from yourself to say like look some days are going to be super rough but you just have to you know get out there and go for that walk or you have to just you know make sure you finish this food like you have to just do those things that are like basic you have to get a good sleep like you have to kind of do these holistic things that are going to help you with everything else in your life Um, and so that's kind of like the message that we wanted to get across to folks um and since then it's kind of just been like a steadily rolling ball we launched a website we had some blog posts on there um my brother is in uh his residency for psychiatry so he has a lot of great perspectives from more of the clinical medical aspect and then i have a lot of friends who are um, social workers and who have kind of more of like a psychology background or um, kind of more experience in, in sociology as well and can speak to some of the patterns that they see in the in the workforce and in our communities. And I had the the great, great kind of fortunate opportunity of being able to bring some of uh, Care to Share's experiences as an organization to the World Health Organization's Mental Health Forum uh, in Geneva, Switzerland in 2019. So right after World Mental Health Day and we had World Mental Health Day Victoria, we had a great turnout. We had a lot of people um, speaking about their lived experience uh, to the community um, and again, a lot of community support. And at the forum, we had the opportunity to say like, look, yeah, Canada is a wonderfully privileged country in many ways, um, but we still do have a lot of challenges um, and we still do have similar challenges to other parts of the world. Um, with regard to sustainability, with regard to funding, and with regard to sort of like changing how we look at mental health. 
Um, and so since then, I've just kind of been supporting like other organizations and other youth who are doing incredible work in this space, um, as well as trying to kind of keep like an online presence and continue with a platform that's accessible for really anybody that's going through anything. I was sitting here with such a big smile because I'm inspired and impressed at the same time with the work that you've been doing basically ever since you graduated from high school. And I just wanted to say thank you for all the work and all the energy you put into this. And I think everyone listening can really can really feel that there's so much passion, that there's so much soul and love that you that you put into this work and that it the word work is probably not even the the correct ter term to use. It's more like a it seems like more like a calling. And it's it's very beautiful to hear this. One thing that that was really striking a quote with me was um, when you mentioned that we're all in the same boat. I think that was your wording. And it's, you know, it's I, I find that so true and it, it resonates so strongly with me because we're all human. We're all having these these very diverse human experiences. And that means not everything is always going to be po positive. Right. So we will experience emotions that are that are uncomfortable and and sometimes straight up painful and um, we will have traumatic experiences. I remember from from my childhood, since you brought in how when you were growing up, it wasn't really something that was being talked about. You know, I grew up in Germany and especially growing up in Germany as as a guy, you don't show your emotions. Like that's part of the culture, but then also being a, a man growing up, it, it was even more expected that you were not showing really any any emotions and just always having this kind of like this stone cold cold front um and uh it was interesting for me when i now look back at it all to realize over time that when i felt sometimes sad or or angry or frustrated and I couldn't really figure out why this was happening because everything else in my life seemed seemed like reasonably good once I started to realize that it was not just me who would feel like that sometimes I started to realize that hey this this feeling of isolation that sometimes or I guess that oftentimes comes with this whole this whole aspect of hey why are my emotions so so crazy fluctuating at times I, I really started to feel like wow you know I can actually relate to people and oftentimes I would just have to be the one reaching out I would just have to start a conversation on a deeper level with one of my friends whether that was one of my male or female friends it was really interesting for me towards the end of my teenage days early 20s I started to realize if I had the courage to just bring up topics other than, you know, university, other than partying, other than sports. If I brought up, like, for instance, hey, today I'm I'm not feeling this great. I'm kind of actually feeling sad or just feeling like I'm in a dark place and I don't exactly know why. When I would have these conversations and I would be the one initiating them, the other person, it was almost like I could feel them taking this big, breath and then just exhaling and go, almost like going thank you so much for bringing this up because 
I don't know if I would have had the courage right now to bring this up, but I sometimes feel this way too. So being able to start the conversation and then realizing I'm not alone with all of this. Everyone is, like you said, Monique, everyone is in the same boat. Yeah, for sure. I think um, that whole kind of idea of like friendship really definitely for me changed a lot because I think when when I was younger it was like so easy to just talk about like whatever's going on in our lives like kind of just Mm -hmm. um you know oh this is happening at school or like this is whatever blah 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 like you know and then as we've all gotten older like me and my friends it's definitely shifted to become like a lot more of us talking about like what we're experiencing and like how we see things and being comfortable with the fact that we're not always going to see things the same way um but we still like love and care about each other I think that's one nice thing about like growing up with the same people like you kind of get to watch them grow up too um and when it comes to like the mental health space like I've seen people that I love like friends family partners whatever go through like some serious serious crap like just stuff that you know like is is really intense and um stuff that I honestly never when I was growing up like you know we've we're all we live in Victoria which is like this beautiful city where things seem like you know for the most part pretty taken care of like everybody we live in like such a a wonderful place um and so you don't always expect that people are going to be going through things as severely as people are and it and it happened to coincide like this um wave of being more conscious about mental health happened to coincide with kind of like the burgeoning of our opioid crisis here in the province as well um and so you know a lot of folks going through opioid poisoning and a lot of folks um dealing with substance use uh issues whether it was themselves or their family members and like you know, people uh, that I went to high school with that we've lost along the way in the years that have kind of followed. And it's been like really sad, but also in some ways it's been really like life-changing to just experience like everybody kind of like growing up and going through things. But then us definitely all still having so many like shared experiences because, you know, no matter what you are going through, the emotions like as humans we're kind of equipped with like a certain set of of things right so it's like the emotions that we feel associated with whatever it is that we're going through those are kind of all generally going to be both the same and unique right like we might have like people might experience a certain thing in completely different ways like something might make somebody really sad something might make make somebody really angry but we we kind of all have the ability to feel those things like sadness and anger and happiness and joy And so it's just like kind of trying to figure out where can we find those like commonalities between each other and like how can we relate to each other even when we aren't responding in the same way to a similar situation. Anyway, I do want to thank you so much for sharing all of this. It's such important information for us to be talking about and sharing with all of the different health and wellness communities. Uh, I remember growing up and there was a lot of unresolved mental health issues that nobody talked about. And it was just not something you talked about. And being such a young woman and seeing it all very blatantly, (laughs) you know, in front of my face, um, and looking around and wondering, you know, hey, like, why is why is no one talking about this? Like, these are really pretty big issues here. And they're causing some pretty harmful effects here. 
why why is no one talking about this? And it always blew my mind how these past generations of ours that have come and some have gone, some are still around. I'm amazed with how they managed to get through, <laughs> you know, like you look at some of these, for real, for real, like you look at some of these war-torn generations, you know, like my grandfather was part of that era, you know, like for them to have gone through what they have went through and to have not had the kind of communities and resources and accessibility that we have in our generation, it just blows my mind. It absolutely blows my mind. I talk about resilience and also talk about fragility, you know, like we're bringing that wholeness perspective here. We're both, we're both to such an extensive degrees, right? So it really, I feel like we're, we're very courageous. And I was hearing your story, Monique, and I heard the, the story of a warrior, you know, here you are in this, in this environment and you're the one that was seeing this need to speak, to explore, to understand more, to research and study, and then to provide help. And that's often how it starts. I mean, it certainly started for me. I was so young and the depression and anxiety and all the other things that I was suffering with was so severe. It propelled me into the holistic world, the healing world, you know, at a survival, literally, I was like, okay, I need to help myself now, <laughs> like now, because things are not looking too good for me. So it's incredible how this pressure cooker around us can truly be the catalyst to us becoming faces and voices and even leaders for the solution. Yeah. And I, I think it's really important that you mention that because, you know, historically it hasn't been the case that we've had um, people with lived experience leading in these spaces. Historically, it's been health in general has been a very like male, Caucasian male, professional, physician, uh, clinical sort of dominated space. And even though kind of that was like very normal and that was what the expectation was. And it was a lot to do with sort of like elitism and, and just like, you know, oh, we just don't have time to look into these other issues. I'm so grateful that we live in an era at this point. And obviously like there's still, we still have hurdles and roadblocks, but we live in an era at this point where people with lived experience are important and being given the platform to speak out about what they need um, and I, it's shocking to me that there was ever a time that we weren't asking people who were going through the issues themselves what they need. We were just assuming on behalf of other people saying like, oh, you probably need this and you probably need that. And it's like, well, how are you supposed to know without asking them? Right. Like it's and I like I'm just the amount of people I know with um, lived experience of like really, really interesting things and then of course like with the intersectionality you know you mentioned being like a young woman and max earlier you mentioned like as a young man obviously there was so many barriers like men's mental health has always been uh, a huge area that's been really challenging and that doesn't take away from the fact that it's also challenging for young women or young trans folks or like any other young non-binary folks like it's it it's a unique and different experience for everybody and it's it's challenging for every single person no matter like what background they're coming from but to be able to have a platform you know as a young woman to speak for other young women or as a young man to speak for other young men um or like as somebody who comes from uh, a minority background who comes from a culture where um you know, mental health is even less spoken about, is even more sort of like demonized or um, considered like completely 
misunderstood. That was something that I thought was really important as well, is like bringing in how we view mental health across cultures and across sort of like you mentioned, Arianne, generations as well. That has always been something really important to me because I come from like my parents come from uh, like an um, Indian background. Um, And so naturally, this isn't something that's like hugely discussed in those communities historically. And it's always been like highly stigmatized. Um, And folks often would kind of play off if somebody was dealing with a mental health issue and somebody did, you know, have a substance use issue or something like that, like it would get played off in kind of like weird superstitious ways. Like there was other ways of talking about it that were so different from how we speak about it in a more kind of like westernized clinical model. Like it wouldn't be considered an illness. It would just be like, oh, that person is just like, oh, they just stopped eating. They've just stopped eating and they died because they stopped eating. And it's like, no, that that's depression. Like that's, you know what I mean? Like that's not, um, or like, oh, he was just like drinking a lot and then he like fell or something. And it's like, no, that's called like an alcohol use disorder. Like that's not something that can just be played off in sort of like, uh, you know, in a way that is not medical or in a way that's not like a health issue. Like that is a health issue. That's not like somebody, you know, making a, a weird mistake or having an accident or something like that. So yeah, and it's really interesting. And, and going to SFU with like so many, like Simon Fraser University here on the mainland, so many people coming from like different minority backgrounds, like Asian backgrounds or like Eastern European backgrounds even, or like folks coming from different parts of Africa, um, Russia, like the way that it's spoken about in different parts of the world is so vastly different. Um, and it's really hard to have common language around mental illness because it shows up so uniquely for each individual person. So yeah, I think it's really, really important um, that you mention like how different it can be for different people and how important it is to have people with lived experience being those warriors and coming up to the plate and, and being willing to share. I mean, it's it's really hard. I'm sure that's been your experience as well, Ariane. Like it's definitely self-preservation and it's just like the fear of like, hey, I don't want anybody else to have to go through this because I know exactly what it feels like. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I almost feel, I almost felt that as I started finding solutions and finding relief, it was almost impossible to keep it to myself. And I'm sure you've, you felt that as well, Monique. And I, I know, Max, you felt that before too. Once you find relief from something that's so debilitating and so crippling, you just want to share it. I don't know, Max, if you resonate with that. Yeah, absolutely. I, I noticed when I was going through what I first thought was just a, a physical ailment of mine when I was going through a, these nine years of chronic pain within the body. Nowadays, I can see it as an opportunity to really, having experienced the different facets of our mental health, you know, what it means when our mental health and well-being is is beautifully balanced or when it is on one of the extremes of the spectrum. I remember when I was going through a time where I really went so deep and so into such a deep, dark place within me, um, what I could really only describe as, as, as my rock bottom, when I was able to slowly but steadily move out of that space again and come more into a, a space where I felt at peace and probably more at peace than I ever had felt before. 
I wanted to share it. And that was one of the big things, maybe even the biggest thing why I now do the work that I do nowadays with my clients. Because as you were saying, Ariane, I just, it was like, I almost considered it to be magical. And I felt so privileged and so honored having received this, what I can really only call a gift, you know, have having had the chance to experience all of that darkness, but then at the same time also being gifted with the willingness and the determination to keep on moving, keep on moving, and then slowly but steadily moving through and moving out of all of that, and then coming out on the other end with so much new, so so many new experiences, so many new life lessons learned that it's... I feel like it's just a very natural tendency of us as human beings to then go, wow, this was this was a wild ride for the lack of a better description. And I've now gathered so much wisdom from all of this. I I want this to be to be out there. I want to share this with people. I actually had an experience um one of the most terrifying things that I've seen regarding mental health was actually downtown Victoria. You know, I think a big reason why we, um, like you were saying, Max, like why we have so much development and focus in uh, Victoria is because there's probably a real need for it. I mean, Monique, you could probably echo all of that with all of the insight and knowledge that you have. It seems like every city now is uh, struggling with this issue and needs a spotlight on it. So uh, I remember I was working on one of the main roads near the wharf, downtown Victoria. I was leaving the uh, leaving my job and I was walking down to the edge of the street and there was like um, kind of like um, homeless people. They often will create like their own little mobile home, right? With different tarps and so forth. So there was one tarp, little mini home that was created on the corner of the road. And there was someone in the in that little structure and just screaming at the top of their lungs. And uh, I remember I walked by and it shook me. I just stood there and I was in shock. I have never seen that, seen this situation before to that degree. You know, you don't know what's happening inside that little structure. All you, you just hear what's going on and it sounds absolutely treacherous. And everybody, every everything else around in the environment was just going on as usual, as if it wasn't existing. And I stood there and, and I couldn't not do anything. You know, it's the kind of thing where you're just, you just, you're a little bit in shock. You don't know what to do. And you're deeply, deeply concerned. And yet at the same time, everything else in the environment is going on as if it's just not happening. It was intense. It still sticks with me to this day. I also, I also, so like my full-time job is also um, downtown Victoria. And I mean, like, as I mentioned earlier, I've, I've grown up here, like for the most part, uh, between here and Vancouver with a little bit of California in my past, but um, definitely I've noticed a huge change. What's interesting is even throughout the pandemic, it has gotten um, drastically different. The environment has changed so, so substantially. Part of the reason is honestly just the services are located in city centers. The services that many of um, our street entrenched, you know, friends, they, they, they definitely, definitely like need uh, many of these services quite desperately. So um, it's challenging. I mean, I myself have done like straight up 
you know, CPR on people who have overdosed in the street outside of our building. Um, and thankfully I have, uh, like a first aid background. I used to be a lifeguard for quite, quite a few years. So, um, and then of course, just with regard to the opioid crisis, I think everybody, like it's my personal belief that like everybody, first of all, everybody should have like first aid training. I think it should be like taught in schools and because these are life-saving skills, right? Like, and you never know when you're going to be in a situation where that's going to be very critical. And then there's also mental health first aid these days. Um, And so I think that those skills are also very critical of like how to deescalate a situation and how to speak to somebody who's going through um, like maybe a severe depression episode or a severe psychosis episode, because that is something that we are increasingly seeing in our communities very openly. Like I've had people in my personal life, family and partners who have had very severe psychosis. So I've been faced many times um, with conversations that obviously are full of disorganized thinking, um, full of like fearful thinking or paranoia, um, people having like full-blown breakdowns in front of you. Um, And that's an emergency. Like that's not, you know, I think because we don't really talk about mental health that much. um, If you saw somebody like pass out on the street, you'd be like, yes, this is definitely an emergency. Like it's not normal for that to happen. But It's also an emergency if you've been standing with a family member for three hours and nothing that they're saying is making any sense and they're having a full-blown meltdown and they cannot reason with you or calm down. Like, that's an emergency. Um, That is not just, oh, this person's just in a bad mood or like, oh, this person's just having a bad day. Like, you definitely will notice, like, you'll start to notice, like, something will feel off about the conversation that you're having. Um, Or Ariane, like you mentioned, they might be um, screaming or visibly distressed. They might be like very highly paranoid about things that don't sound reasonable to be paranoid about. Um, And these are moments where it's like, yeah, that person needs help. And I can I can say like through my personal experience that I've sometimes missed those things. I've sometimes kind of like earlier on played them off because they sounded normal enough and you know kind of it would be like an argument with that person instead of like understanding that no this person's really unwell right now and so I think that these things definitely need to be taught in schools and brought to the public's attention to say like hey if you see somebody going through something that is a person who is not feeling well today you know, that's not just some crazy person in the street or like that's not just some person who's not worthy of, you know, love and attention and care. That's somebody who belongs to our community and is just as human um, as you are. It's just that, like, unfortunately, the cards that they've been dealt today are cards that are making their day really, really hectic um, and really distressing we should have a lot of gratitude if we're not dealt that kind of card on a particular day. Um, And so, you know, a big drive for me since I've learned about it um, has been structural functionalism as sort of like a philosophical concept. I think it was Emile Durkheim that, that brought that more so to light just with regard to kind of the ideology that we are all cells in a large organism. So like all together as people, we're all cells in a gigantic organism that's known as our society or our community or, you know, these days, the entire globe. And we all serve a different purpose, right? Like there's in our bodies, we have skin cells and they're specially formulated to be your skin. We have heart cells and they're specially formulated to run an electric current and and be your heart. We have um, the cells that make up our eyes. They're they're specially formulated 
And similarly, we have people, right? Like there's people who are really, really great at doing XYZ activity. There's some people who are like really scientifically inclined. There's some people who are really artistic. There's some people who, you know, might um, be struggling with a physical illness. There's some people who might be struggling with a mental illness. Like everybody is unique and valuable, but we're all cells in a giant organism and we all have an impact on each other and we all like can work together and you know we do work together by virtue of like most of us all together pay taxes and most of us all together you know like follow certain societal uh um, structures that make it so that we can like drive on roads without getting into a million car accidents or so that we can like you know buy things and stuff like that so it's like that conscious awareness that just because somebody else is struggling or they're having they're dealing with a mental illness or they're they're having a challenge that you don't understand or that you don't relate to those are still people just as much as you and we really need to be grateful for like the situation that we were born into or for the day that we're having if it's better than somebody else's i think that awareness um is really important especially these days with so much division and so much chaos in the world um is really coming back down to that like relational aspect that we should have to one another. Thank you. Really, thank you so much for pointing this out because I think it's something that we as human beings, we can easily forget because we're so engulfed in life, in our daily life that it feels like we can easily get tunnel vision and we might have tunnel vision for quite some time with everything that's going on, everything that's stressful in our lives, that we don't always get that that whole picture, that we don't allow ourselves the time to step back and look at the beautiful whole, the beautiful whole picture that we are. So Monique, I, I honestly really, really appreciate that you pointed this out and I would love to encourage everyone to to just keep that as a little little ment- mental keepsake so that we can all remember especially when times are maybe a little a little challenging or when we have a harder time to relate to other people that are going through things that we are all part of this beautiful whole organism that you were describing there Monique what this really invites us to um also look at is that all of the emotions that we as individuals but then also as a collective all these emotions that we experience they all are they're making us this beautiful organism they're they're all part of this beautiful whole that we are and that i find is something we really you know for the first 25 plus years of my life I think I went through life always thinking, okay, we have, there are positive emotions and there are negative emotions. And life's really all about trying to, to squeeze in as many positive emotions, as many positive experiences as possible, because that's what, what this pursuit of happiness is all about. And trying to avoid as many negative emotions and experiences as possible and wow that I think that was one of the reasons I actually had to go through so much in quotation marks negativity in my life to come to realize that in the end it's really just a a human-made decision 
what we consider to be positive, what we consider to be negative, because they're all part of, of this experience that we call life. And they're all there for a reason. Everything, every experience that we have in life, it has a purpose. It, there is some wisdom. There is some life lesson to be learned. And, you know, just as you were saying there, Monique, when you were talking about this global organism that we are, and I am a cell of it, you're a cell of it, Ariane is a cell of it, just because we're different in terms of our interests, our personalities, and also our, our struggles and maybe the trauma that we've experienced, that doesn't mean that some of us should be part of this organism and some shouldn't. It's really about this, this beautiful inclusion of all. Thank you for saying that, Max. And I'll tie it into what Monique was saying too. You know, wouldn't it make sense that if things were to go to a better place, our global situation, societal situation, economic situation, literally every possible situation, if things are going to get better, don't we need to go together? Don't we need to all go together? I, I don't see any really solid progress happening if we don't all go together. It can't just be a group of people and then you leave a bunch of other people, you know, on the sideline and just kind of forget about them and not address them. That is not us growing and moving forwards. We can, you know, it'll always be disturbed. It'll always be imbalanced. So it's a beautiful reminder that uh, we are going together. We are part of this whole experience. We are part of an extended community. And it really softens the heart. It, it leaves so much space for compassion. And we certainly need a lot of that in the world <laughs> right now. Uh, we always need that <laughs> in the world. So it really, just hearing this conversation really did bring a bit more compassion to my awareness and more of a willingness to see everyone as part of my extended community, not just people out there. This is my extended community as well. Yeah, I somebody said to me not so long ago, and I'm really, really honestly super fortunate to have like such a diversity of friends. You know, I have people who come from like all walks of life and who have chosen to be... Um, to do all sorts of different things and see things from all sorts of different perspectives. And sometimes that really um, shakes my own. And as a reminder that maybe I'm being a little bit too kind of like nearsighted about something. And recently one of my friends brought up like, Hey, the street entrenched folks in, in your guys's communities, like these are your neighbors. Like you can't just because somebody is houseless doesn't mean that they're not your neighbor. Like they live in your community. They, you see them every day when you go to work or when you go downtown or whatever. Like, you know, these aren't just like some randos who showed up out of nowhere. Like, no, these are people who you, your parents may have grown up with. Like I know um, my mom, uh, one of her coworkers would always stop at one corner and speak to one um, gentleman who was houseless and lived in the, on that corner on the street there. And he would always like have a conversation with him. He sometimes like give him money or he'd sometimes like give him food my mom is also like, she'll just go and give out food or whatever. It's kind of built into our culture. Um, I come from a sick background and a, a big, a big portion of our community and kind of like our belief is uh, seva, which is service. You know, all of our uh, places of uh, worship 
always have like free free food um, for anybody to come and eat. So it's just a big part of um, the way that I was raised as well. But um, yeah, so she'll she would just always go out and like give food. And so one day she asked him and he and and her coworker and he was like, yeah, I went to high school with him. We used to be best friends. Like we both went to Oak Bay High or whatever, and and we used to be BFFs. And we were like both really into sports. We both played on like the football team or whatever. So like every time I see him, you know, it's like that's my old buddy. Like I, like you know, life just has put us in really different places. But it can happen to anybody. Like mental health, um, and mostly most people in here in our province or in our country who are street entrenched or who are dealing with houselessness, they happen to also be dealing with a mental illness or a substance use issue. And that's a health issue. That's not something that people choose to um, deal with. And, and some people's circumstances just lead them to that situation. Um, and it can really happen to anybody. So it's so important to have compassion. And it might be very like 60s of me to think this or say this, but like, it's all love, baby. Like, you know, it's, we, we got to, always have that in mind like why not kind of like you're saying Ariane. like if we're gonna go we're gonna go together like we I think better things happen and just as humans we've evolved to be a communal species like we've literally evolved um in relation with each other and through building together and helping each other and like looking out for each other watching each other's backs um keeping each other safe like with all of this there's a lot of rhetoric around kind of like this billionaire space race um and like just like who can get off the planet the fastest and you know who can uh kind of show off their wealth the most in this um next frontier and it's like cool but we have millions upon billions of people on earth who are just as human as any billionaire and who like at this point as a society we have kind of enough that we can like love everybody can have love and support and shelter and like food and and care but like it's just where are we putting our intention um what do we think is important collectively how are we communicating with each other how are we kind of showing each other what is important and so i think it's really really um critical that you mention like togetherness and i think that is a big part of like, for me, at least what makes me feel whole is helping other people. Like the more I can kind of give to others or the more I can like help people feel good because it just feels good to feel good. And it feels amazing to feel loved and taken care of. Um, And, you know, I want that for other people. Like, I think it would be unfair if I have it and other people don't. Right. So I think it's like really important um, that we collectively like have that mentality and that we think of everybody else as like our own. I wanted to point out, you mentioned something so beautiful there when you said one thing that makes you feel really whole is when, when you can provide service, when you can give to, to your community, to our community, it's something that resonates so strongly with me because I was just taking a moment to think about it, why it actually resonated so strongly with me. And and then it clicked. I was like, of course, what Monique is saying is, you know, when we give to our community, when we give to the whole, of course, we're going to, it's going to make us feel more whole too, because we are part of that whole. And you were saying, I don't think it's, it's, it's 60s of you at all. You know, it is all love. It really, really is. And the, I've always been so fascinated with love itself because 
it's the one thing that you can keep on giving out because it's it's literally infinite and you can give it out and it it comes back in the same way or sometimes three times as much or tenfold and it's just such an incredible thing that not even a thing just something that we're able to to give to everyone including ourselves so this is a really good place to conclude the podcast and thank you for saying all that max uh, because i oh, i totally resonate with everything you're seeing here and so monique what final words would you have for our listeners today regarding everything we've just talked about here and your vision what final words can you share um, I think just the importance of you are part of something, you know, you like no matter where you are, you're part of something and you always belong, whether you're actively feeling like it or you're not, you are always, always, always a piece of this puzzle and it would not be the same without you. Like it just who, wherever you are and whoever you are, it just would not be the same without you and you are a very important part of it. Um, and I think it's just always important to have that compassion for everybody else around you because they're also all pieces of a puzzle. Um, they're also all cells in this organism and they're also all unique and things just would not be the same without any anybody else who's here. So yeah, I think that's just really important to remember and having that, like Max said, love and compassion, that infinite love and compassion, not only for people around you, but also for yourself because if you're like a healthy little cell in this organism and, and you feel good and you're able to help others, then we're all going to benefit from that. So I think those are kind of my, my key takeaways. Thank you. Thank you so much, Monique, for sharing everything you've shared today. Absolutely beautiful, beautiful insights, such an important message. And thank you so much, Max, for everything you shared today as well. Thank you to everyone. And thank you to you, Monique, Ariane, and, also, particularly our listeners, you're all part of this incredible community and we cherish you so, so much. For sure. And thanks so much, Ariane and Max, for having me. I really, really appreciate it. And um, for folks who are listening, you can follow us at care to share um, for more information about holistically managing your health and mental health. Beautiful. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. Bye.